Welcome, this is Vacation Rental Success, episode number four, and I'm your host today, Heather Bayer. Well, hello again, and we've got a great guest lined up today in the first of our Vacation Rental Success story series. Lisa Sidor is a Canadian who's bought property in Orlando, Florida. And we're going to hear from her about what she's done to make such a success of her vacation rental. But first of all, I just want to uh, catch up a little bit with um, with what I've been doing this week. It's been uh, it's been a pretty busy week um, in our rental agency. Uh, if you're not already aware, we uh, we I run a rental agency called Cottage Link Rental Management, and we have over 200 properties that we represent now and of course it's uh, it's really ramping up to uh, to the busy busy booking season so the phones are ringing and the emails are coming in and properties are getting booked up really really well this year it's been quite interesting uh, it, it is the same every year we tend to um start our booking season in early january and our demographic is is mostly Canadians uh, who are um, located in Toronto, and they they don't want to travel more than two or three hours. So uh, majority of our properties are located uh, within that radius of Toronto, and we shall we shall get busy now for the next uh, next three or four months until we get into the summer, and then it will be just begin to to drop off. But we do have a very very busy last minute market too. But on uh, on the personal front, I was really delighted uh, about a week, 10 days ago to get the 50th, the 50th review for Osprey Cottage. Now, we've been renting Osprey for seven years. I think it's seven. And it pretty much runs on rails now. Um, By that, I mean, we don't we don't market it much. Um, It's listed on our agency site. But I don't promote it, um, mainly because the, the company doesn't make any money off it. That's one of my perks of, um, of being able to rent it with, uh, list it with uh, my agency. Um, so I, I, I'm not paying any commission. Um, so I, I don't feel that it's, it's right for me to do any specific marketing and promotion over and above all my other properties. But it just sits there quietly and it just books and books and books. And we we probably have, I guess, around 70% occupancy through the year. And our, our quiet time is November, December, perhaps into, into April when the weather is not the greatest here. And it's just, just not a, a, a popular holiday period. But because we book it so much, we have been getting a lot of reviews. And, and I'm just so delighted that most of them are five star there's there's the odd one or two that's that's less with uh, occasional occasional negative uh, negative remarks, usually about something that's happened while while the guests have been there, and and even though it's the issue has been resolved, it may have been a fridge that, that the fridge that broke down, or or perhaps the uh, the hot tub um, the hot tub failed to heat up properly or something like that. Usually they're things we've been able to resolve, but. Uh, people still find the necessity to offer negative feedback and perhaps not um, 
give it the five stars they would have liked, which is quite understandable. However, it was it was quite interesting. I just took the opportunity to go through all 50 and pull out some that I felt really um, taught me some lessons. And uh, and I've shared those on the last blog post I wrote. So if uh, I'll put a link onto the show notes. And if you just go into there and you can click on that link and go take a take a look at the blog post and uh, the pointers that uh, that I've made on what people really liked and what what we what we're doing from those reviews. So what else has been going on? On Saturday, I was at the uh, the annual general meeting of the Federation of Ontario Cottagers Associations. And this is a fabulous group here in Ontario. Each lake, or or the majority of the lakes, have their own cottage associations. And there's about 500 of them that uh, that actually take part. So every year there's an annual general meeting. And there's usually about 100 representatives. And my rental agency company sponsors FOCA. And as part of that uh, sponsorship deal, we get the opportunity to go and talk to the uh, the association members when they come to the meeting which is which is a great opportunity for us but i was uh, quite interested in uh, in in one of the issues that came up there was a there was a really good presentation by a company called SOS and they were discussing um what happens if somebody has a cardiac arrest in cottage country and and it was very interesting they were over 350 life-threatening emergencies and out of the 350 plus the uh, the presenter asked how many do you think survived and there were a few uh, people who said oh 200 or 150 and my son mike who was standing next to me who is a firefighter and his wife's a paramedic and he shouted out seven and the presenter looked at him and said, no, you're wrong. Five out of 350 plus life-threatening emergencies in cottage country last year, only five of those survived. So it was really astonishing to me. And and the presenter went on to talk about the different types of these emergencies, in particular heart attack and what has to be done. He was very interesting talking in terms of one of the difficulties that people have is actually talking to the dispatcher and also the difference in the the fact that two people, there is a one that takes the call and there is the dispatcher that dispatches the emergency vehicles. So that was really interesting. So I'm going to find a link to the SOS site and post that. This, this of course, is not going to affect all of my listeners in different areas because uh, cottage country is is particularly unique because most of our properties are quite remote. And when I say remote, they may have uh, neighbours, but it could be up to 15 or 20 miles from, from the nearest town and certainly a lot more of a distance from the nearest hospital. But, uh, but that was a really interesting day yesterday. We also got to talk to a Lake Association member who told us that there were some issues in her part of cottage country that were going to be discussed at a local council meeting uh, this upcoming week. And those issues related to the potential for restrictions on short-term vacation rentals. So that's of even more interest to us because obviously any restrictions are going to impact uh, uh, our agency business as well as, of course, the potential to impact um, our personal business. 
And I know of a lot of vacation rental owners in this in, in our province who are not affiliated with an agency at all. They do their own rentals. So this could have such a high impact for them as well. And this is not something that's uh, going to go away. We've, we're hearing it in so many different places at the moment across the across the states and uh, and now across Canada where uh, certain factions, um, whether it be townships, municipalities or groups of neighbors, or as we'll hear from Lisa in a few moments, um, homeowners associations. These people may put forward arguments against the idea of, of having anybody renting their properties in the in the neighborhood where, where they are. So it's uh, it's going to be interesting what happens at uh, at the this council meeting that my colleague Craig will be going to tomorrow, and I'll be bringing you the uh, the result of that in a in a later in a later broadcast. So let's get on with our interview of the day. Um, this is the first of a series I want to start, and it, we're going to be calling it Vacation Rental Success Stories. I'm going to be interviewing owners who've made a success of running their vacation rentals in a professional manner. And it may be that they've they've got great occupancy or they've discovered a niche which they're filling with guests coming to do particular activities at their properties. Uh, or it may be that uh, that the owners have found some other unique and individual method to uh, to attract people and to create a great business out of what they're doing. So we're kicking off today with with uh, Lisa Sidor, and I've known Lisa for a couple of years, and uh, I know that she uh, she has bought a, a property via one of um, Orlando's best realtors, uh, a lady by the name of Erica Muller. Who, who you'll hear Lisa talking about. And uh, and I've actually put a link to Erica's website in the show notes as well. Because uh, like Lisa, like you know, I've known Lisa for a few years. I've known Erica for quite a long time. I've never actually met her face to face. But uh, we, we've, we've talked on the telephone and we've um, contacted each other via Facebook and, and email. And I've certainly kept in touch with what she's been doing because she really focuses on the vacation rental industry, delivering great service to people who are looking to buy property down in the Orlando area. So you're going to hear a bit more about uh, about Erica. For now, let's uh, let's move on to our interview with Lisa Sidor. Hi, well, I'm really pleased to be here today with uh, Lisa Sidor, who is located in uh, Burlington. Is that right, uh, Lisa, in, um, in Ontario? Yes, that's right. Oh, that, that's so great that you've, uh, that you've joined me and you're going to talk about buying a property from afar. And it's really interesting to me because um, what, what you've done with your property in Florida is so similar to what we did back in the 1990s when we were still in England and we started buying property in Ontario. And it was, it was quite interesting recently when we were in, in the Bahamas and the, uh, the people who lived in the or the people who owned the property ne- next door to the one we were renting uh, also rented their place and they were from Seattle. So I'm getting all these experiences of, of my own experience of, of buying property in Ontario from living in England and these people bought, uh, so the Americans buying property in the Bahamas and and you, of course, buying being a Canadian and buying property in Florida. So I think it's the way that the, this industry is going now 
that it's sort of shrinking the world and we can buy, you know, property just about anywhere. But I, I had all these experiences back in, in the 1990s. We're going back 12, 10 or 12 years ago when we were buying property from afar. And I know it must be a lot different now. So I'm really interested to hear about um, how you got into the vacation rental business and, and for starters, why you decided to buy in Florida. So can you tell me a little bit about um, how you got started? Absolutely, Heather. And first off, let me um, say thank you for having me and for interviewing me. I just uh, think it's a great experience. And if when I can share my story, I just love to do that. So um, I guess um, direct question of why we decided in Florida. My husband and I traveled to Florida quite a bit and uh, also traveled a lot of other different places around the world. And we just felt that Florida was just like home back here in Canada, except it was warmer. So we thought it was an easy place for people to get to, not only for ourselves, but for our family, as we wanted to purchase a home for us to retire to eventually and become the fame, part of the famous Canadian snowbirds when that gets there. So we decided on Florida for the ease of getting there. And as well, the timing in the market, the Florida real estate market, at the time was wasn't great um, and our Canadian dollar was very strong so once we put all of those things into the mix we decided that Florida was the right place to go so how long ago did you buy buy the place we purchased it in March of 2010 so just three years ago okay so yes yes that was pretty a pretty good time to buy probably is it, is it still a good time to buy do you think Absolutely. I think the market, as uh, my perspective, has come up some and there's a lot less what you might have the really damaged homes or the foreclosures that there were back then. Um, but there's still many properties, really good properties in Florida for investors to buy. OK. And how, how, how often do you actually go down and use the place yourself? Um, we are end users, as as you like to call us, and uh, so we try to get down there uh, three times a year. And with our hopes, as we still have children in um, school, we go down for long weekends, March break, that type of thing. And uh, with our hopes to eventually go down, like I mentioned earlier, and do snowbird type things. So we'd be down there maybe six, eight weeks at a time and, and play it by ear once we get there. Well, that, that sounds really great. You're now motivating me again. And I think by the end of this conversation, I will probably be fully motivated to, uh, <laughs> to start buying in another country. So, so what was the process like? I, I know when we, when we were buying over here, when we were in England, it, it, really, see, it, it, it was really very simple. Um, we, we, we flew across and uh, met with a realtor, looked at a place, um, put an offer in, bought it, and, and that was about it. There, w there wasn't a huge amount of sort of cross-country paperwork to do, or it didn't seem that there was, uh, although there were, there, there were some tax withholding implications on the, on the rental income. So, so what's it like um, for a Canadian buying a property in the U.S.? Well, I think very similar to your experience, it seemed quite easy for us to do the purchase. Uh, we did some research here, almost a, a year of research here on properties in Florida and also real estate agents. And I was able to find um, a 
dynamic real estate agent in Florida. And I got hooked up with her. She sent me listings. We viewed them from home. She went out to certain properties that we had a high interest in, videotaped them for us, sent the videos to us, giving us a little bit more of a 3D look to the properties. Um, and so that took us a several months, maybe eight months of really looking for a house. And then uh, we decided that we were going to take a trip down to Florida, my husband and I, and we toured for a weekend. I think it was 35 homes that weekend and put an offer in, didn't go through um, and put an offer in again on our second um, home, which we ended up buying. And uh, it was great. We did experience um, with Canada and the U.S. They have an international tax treaty. So the paperwork and the tax implications seems to be very smooth and seamless. There's rules that you do need to follow, but it's certainly not difficult. Yes, I was interested in what you were saying about choosing a realtor, because um, I'm writing a new book on rental at the moment called The Vacation Rental Formula. And we, I start it off with a section on um, buying for rental and investing. And one of the, one of the subsections in there is is how important it is to find find the right realtor, and I and I do know the realtor that uh, that you you've uh, that you use. That's Eric Erica Muller um, of um, the the Flamingo Group. Is that right? Yes, absolutely. We um, did use Erica, and uh, it was a, a fantastic experience. And just to go back to maybe your first question about trying to find the right realtor for you, I think. In many ways, it's a personal decision as well. But I, we started out by looking at a vacation rental specialist, which um, Erica Muller at the Flamingo Group is. They do specialize in uh, showing homes to prospective investors for the purpose of renting the homes. So she had a great um, pulse on the market from our point of view. So I think that was really advantageous for us to do that. And the other thing, that I really appreciated was the responsiveness of some of the, well, of Eric in particular, but I did make contact early on and some realtors maybe didn't get back to me as quickly as I thought they might. And so I quickly ruled them out as uh, we will probably speak later on managing to do this whole process from looking for a property to managing the guests in it. When you do it from another country you need to rely on some people around you. So I think trying to get those people that are like-minded and you can trust is very important. Oh, I'm I'm so with you on, on that one. We've personally bought six properties here in Ontario over the past uh, 10 years or so. And, and the selection of Realtor made a huge difference. I always remember coming out when we first came out to Ontario to buy our first property uh, and I'd, I'd found a realtor at that, that time back in the 1990s. It, there wasn't a great deal on the web. So I just picked up a, a, a realty, you know, one of the realty papers from a, from a grocery store and found, found the picture of the guy that looked the nicest. <laughs> <laughs> well, you have to start your screening process somewhere, right? Uh, <laughs> absolutely. And, you know, he, he, he was fairly young. So I thought, you know, he'd probably be on the ball. But uh, but what we didn't realize is that he didn't have a clue about cottage rental here in Ontario. And I was I was quite happy with um, with with a smaller lake or a river because I knew we'd be able to to rent in, in that sort of location. But he 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 almost refused to show us anything that wasn't on a big lake 
that that you couldn't use a big boat on because that's what he liked to do. And he just right. he just didn't have any connection at all with what we were trying to do. So so since then, I've I've learned an awful lot about uh, about finding the right person. And and usually we, we go for the realtors that uh, obviously that know the rental industry um, and we go for the ones that actually have rental properties of their own because they, they really are they, they really are hooked into it and understand it. But certainly with uh, from what I know of of Erica, she is so committed to to her clients and and what she does for them. I mean, certainly if I if I was going down to if I was thinking about buying in Florida and we're talking about the Orlando area, right? That's right. Yeah. So if I was if if I was thinking about buying in Florida and in the Orlando area, then then Erica is would be my my go to person. Yeah, it's really good to hear that you had such a great experience with her. But did you come across any obstacles along the way? I mean, were there any sort of stopping points where where you perhaps thought that you'd got into something that maybe was a bit more challenging than you than you thought? Well, I actually really can't say there was anything that was uh, like a gleaming stopper for us. I think that um, we did a lot of research before we made the decision as to what we were looking for and um, both in property itself. We did some research with um, tax accountants here, also with a lawyer here, just so that we were set up so that when the time was right to to buy, we, we felt prepared and we were able to go forth without any questions. Um, I think the one small thing that did happen to us, I mentioned earlier that we didn't get the first home that we put the offer in on. And that was just due to how the communities in the Davenport area, which is where our home is, set themselves up. So the homeowners associations in some of those communities do not allow you to short-term rent. And we weren't totally versed on which communities have those certain rules. And until you sort of get into the process, getting copies of their covenances are kind of hard. We went through the process of putting an offer in, and then we discovered that we wouldn't be allowed to do our re- our vacation rental in that community. So we had to pull back and sort of start our search again, so to speak. And that was more of an emotional um, decision or timing because we had had our heart set on one particular house. We did not go into doing this for full investor type mindset. It was an emotional decision. It was going to be our place that we wanted to go to and share with our family and friends and retire to someday. So there's kind of two mindsets as you're aware of. There's the one that's yours and there's the one that's your investment. And in in our situation, it it was an emotional decision. But, you know, that didn't get us down either. It just made us more aware that when we were getting to the next step with the second home, that we got to that right away. That was one of the first questions we asked, are we able to rent and are we able to short-term rent and how many homes in the community are able to do that? So they have percentages of the amount of homes that um, are short-term rentals in these communities as well. Yeah, that that's so important because it's, it's coming more and more to the fore these days, rental restrictions in different areas. I mean, are you aware that, uh, that it's, it's happened in Wasega Beach? And properties um, on in residential zones in Wasega Beach are not permitted to rent uh, less than thirty days now. You know, for for my listeners, and I, I'll, I'll um, 
should explain, Wasega Beach is is a very, very popular uh, vacation spot in, in Ontario. And it was it was the first of the areas that, that started to ban short term rentals. And unfortunately, a lot of those, you know, that's happening a lot here in Ontario now, even in some of the lake, uh, the lakefront cottage country areas. And of course, it's happening all right the way across the US. We were looking at properties in Sedona a couple of years ago. And uh, and it was just at that time that they'd put rental restrictions um, on short term um, vacation rentals, and and that actually scuppered our plans to buy in Sedona. So uh, so I'm glad, really glad you mentioned that because uh, it's it's probably one of the first things that uh, that anybody considering buying in another country or buying from a distance, if if you if you're not aware of it, check check zoning restrictions uh, at the outset. Don't you agree? Absolutely, and I think that. For Mark and myself, my husband Mark, uh, we weren't really familiar with um, homeowners association as they have them in the U.S. Um, they have them in almost every community, if not all, down there in, in Florida. And we don't really have them here, at least in Burlington and the other few places in Canada where we've lived. So we weren't really sure what it all meant. Um, but they do have a very strong hold in their communities under this association. And it's uh, important to know what the bylaws are because you buy a house and they might tell you that, well, you can't put a palm tree in the front yard or you can't paint your house, you know, this, that, or some other color. So it was just something that uh, was new to us, um, able to roll with it, but it was just something new. Oh, that's an interesting point. Cause I, we, we had friends in, in California and they lived in a gated community. And I was, I was quite taken aback with some of the very small restrictions, like you say, about what they could plant in their front yard. Uh, so, so yes, that's definitely something that people should consider. The realtor would know about those things? Um, you know, I'm not sure that every realtor would know everything about all the communities. Like I mentioned earlier, they have their covenants, and I don't think that one person would know them all for a particular area unless they've had buyers in those areas. So I think that probably an important question might be to ask of your realtor when you're making an offer or you're considering certain areas is, well, can you get me a copy of what the Homeowners Association bylaws are? if you're considering making a serious uh, inquiry or purchase of a home. Oh, that, that's a really useful point. And, uh, and I'm going to put a, a lot of what, um, what we're talking about, I'm going to put in the show notes. So if you're listening and you're, making, you're not making notes, but uh, you, you're really interested in what Lisa's saying at the moment, then, um, then just check with the show notes and I'll make a note of that about uh, checking with um, homeown- about homeowners associations in the areas that, uh, that you're looking at. Having bought the place, Lisa, what did you do about um, about getting it furnished and all set up for rental? Because I know when we when we were buying from England, I would I would fly out from Heathrow on a Friday afternoon for the weekend, and and I when we bought the first place and I arrived on a Friday, I went shopping on the Saturday, and it was probably the best shopping expedition I've ever done, and it was my very first experience of Walmart too. We we because we didn't have Walmart in England at that time. And uh, so Walmart and Zellers and we had a van and I probably filled it three times. And, uh, and on Sunday afternoon, the place was full and uh, I'm back on the aeroplane home on the Sunday night. Well, you know, it was a little bit of a whirlwind for us, as you likewise with your story, um, except for I had a little bit of help 
again, um, the market down there, the short-term market, especially around in Davenport in our area with the huge attraction of Disney, this isn't something that's very new to the Floridians down there, the residents, the business owners. There have been vacation rental properties for quite a while, and I think the boom or the big push has just been in the last couple of years. So I contacted a company down there, and I told them what we were going to do, and they sent it all online. They put me in touch with a um, consultant, a home furnishing consultant. So I had some dialogue with this lady, and I told her what the style was that I wanted. I gave her my color scheme, and she set off to some of her favorite stores and sent me photographs. She went to the places she photographed the the floor models, sent me back photos, and I was able to choose, you know, from this footboard to that footboard, those types of things. So it made it um, a little easier for me because I had that person down there doing all of that legwork for me. Um, Then when we did get on the plane and go down there, we had a delivery date. She furnished our whole house from pictures on the wall, bedding, cutlery, everything. It was move in ready. Uh, And then we just had to unpack it all and set it up and get things moving. So it was a really great business down there to have somebody to do that. Since the, the initial influx of all those things, you know, you go down, you put your own personal things, and we changed out a couple of, you know, things, bought an upgraded toaster and an upgraded coffee machine and things like that. But that initial bulk buy was handled very smoothly and easily. And like you mentioned earlier, now with the Internet and photos and the communication is great. So I think it was probably a much easier process than you might have had back in the 1990s. Wow, I, that, that sounds like a fabulous service. So, so did it cost you, a, did the service cost you a lot? Was it um, more if you'd had to fly down there and, and do it yourself? You're absolutely right. So the cost for doing it for somebody who's down there is I'm going to throw out a minimal charge to someone who's a foreign investor who, like you said, has to get on a plane and, you know, all those things, maybe rent hotels, meals out. So if you compare the two, having a shopper down there was a much more economical way to do it. Um, And we set a budget. And we thought through our research that we could furnish from head to toe a four-bedroom home in a certain price range. We gave that price range to the shopper, and um, they were able to do it and came in on budget. And it was uh, it was really fantastic. It was a really easy way to do it. Oh, that sounds great. Can you can you share what that budget was? The sort of cost you you've got furnishing a four-bedroom property? Uh yeah, I. The initial buy was about $20,000. And like I mentioned, since then, we have upgraded. um, That's three years ago. We're a very, very busy um, home. So we've upgraded mattresses. um, The Florida sunshine, um, you know, did a little damage to our outside furniture. So we've replaced that. I mean, but those, in my opinion, are just the cost of doing business and having a home that's renting really well for you. Some of those things are just going to wear out. You know, it, it's busy. So it we upgraded those. But um, for an initial get yourself set up, 
you know, have it done, have a renter in there the following week. That was in our approximate budget. That that seems a very reasonable amount. You know, when I when when we were coming across, I, we we set a budget of around twenty five to thirty thousand for each property we bought. And uh, bearing in mind that with with the rentals up here, you're including watercraft, um, rowboats, kayaks, canoes, that sort of thing. It probably adds a little bit more. To the cost because those are the sorts of things that are expected but uh, but yeah that that's um what what you're saying there seems seems a very reasonable and uh, amount to uh, to be budgeting for and yeah I, I perfectly agree with um the the continual upgrades and i think anybody that's that's running their vacation rental as a business is going to see that thing things get worn out after a while and and you want to replace them long before they get to that stage well, absolutely. And I mean, if you're presenting a product that um, is a quality product, then you have to um, keep it up. Tell me a bit about um, the, the, uh, how, how you're managing the property from a distance and how the rentals have been going for you. Um, I think we had a goal when we first set out of renting it uh, approximately 25 weeks so maybe two times uh two weeks out of the the month and uh, we felt that that was a pretty good goal for us and as it turned out um with the work behind it we've been able to rent upwards of more than 48 weeks a year which um anyone in in the rental business knows that that's a pretty high rate uh, that's fantastic that that you're renting so much and that uh, that you're doing your own marketing. So, w- what's what's your secret sauce? Where where are you uh, where are you listing? What's most successful for you? Tell me a little bit about uh, your marketing strategy. Yeah, you know, I think the best way to go about marketing these properties is not putting all of your eggs in one basket. And what I mean by that is. Uh, the home aways of the world and VRBOs, um, yeah, we're listed on there, absolutely. Um, you have to be, I think, to be successful. That's where majority people will go to look for a property. But I didn't feel that that was the, the only place to go. You're competing with so many people and you can price every other moment. So um, we do use those. We get we get traffic, no denying it from, from those big companies. We also market locally and I have my full-time job and we can market to a a huge amount of people there. I work for the school board here locally so I have access to thousands of people there as well. So we actually have to try and put your feelers out in many different places. Um, We use Kijiji as well for Canadians. Canadians like Kijiji. They trust it I think and we get people from there as well and those are for your first time people we have a huge rate of return guests back to our home it's amazing how many people go to florida every year when you provide them with a good product and good price and good service they will definitely come back to you so springing off of that as well as we have a really great word of mouth amount of business as well so i think you you kind of spread it all out and when you add it all up it equals out to be a pretty uh good rate uh of weeks booked so do you have your own website at all yes we do actually um i'm not 
really great with uh, electronics or, or technology, but um, I popped on to one of those do-it-yourself websites, and we do have that. So I use that um, as much as I can and to select people. If I have my niche little group of people who may not be so familiar with those big guys, the VRBOs and HomeAways, then I might just say, hey, pop on to my personal website and uh, they get the information from there. And I always think that a personal website is just that. And guests do like that more personal touch. I just wrote um, a blog post recently about um, having an about us page or making sure that when you're listing on some of these big sites, you do something that says a little bit personally about yourself. Because I think that's that's really important. People want to know a little bit about the owners. Absolutely. I don't think I couldn't agree anymore there because I think that on the big sites, I do have a picture posted of my two boys, my husband, myself, and I do give them a little bit of a background story, a few uh, sentences about us. Um, I think that's part of the success as well is making people feel that there is a real family or a real person on the other end who really does own this house and it's not a big conglomerate of, you know, businesses and things like that. So I like the personal touch aspect. That's one of the reasons why I think that we are doing well, because I do handle all the inquiries myself. People get to talk to the quote unquote owner. They feel like they know you. They feel like they make that connection. And I think that makes them happier. And I think that it's good business sense. I try to Uh, reach out to people right away. I have my iPhone on my hip at all times. (laughs) And so I get back to inquiries really quickly. And uh, I make an effort to call people once they arrive, making sure they've checked in and they have everything they need. So I think they do. um, They do like that service. Yes. And I think uh, I think more owners are going to have to pay attention to that sort of service, um, more sort of service-driven market. It's no longer the case of pay me the money and then off you go and you're on your own. People do feel that they, you know, when, when they're paying a decent amount of money now, that uh, that the service should go along with it. And, and of course, the other thing is, is that with fraud, um, fraudulent rentals, not, not that common, but they are out there and the media certainly picks up on them, that Offering that um, it's a little bit of a comfort blanket, so this confidence booster when when you've actually talked to the person who owns the place. I, I think that goes a really long way. I couldn't agree more. I think that that's like we've been saying is just part of that reaching out in a really timely fashion as well really gets people drawn into you. And um, I also really like to put something in my emails to connect with that person. Um, I get a lot of emails that will say, oh, my husband, two kids and I are going to planning our trip. I like to also, when I answer back that email, I don't like to say, well, here's our dates and rate and do you want it type of deal. I like to say, oh, that'll be so fun for your you, your husband and your two children to know that someone actually read what they said and, and I'm reiterating that back to them um, and, and again, building up that relationship. Oh yes, I I couldn't agree more. I think you know in this in this day and age of of so much so much in the way of canned responses, to have somebody connect with you in that way, it 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 just gives you a good feeling. And I I know from my my husband Phil and myself have uh we we rent we've just rented as I said in in the Bahamas this year, and we were in Costa Rica last year, 
and on both occasions one of the you know greatest parts of it was was talking with the owners prior to going and and feeling that we were actually welcome absolutely do you use any automated booking system or or is it just a paper trail for you um or or do you use one of the booking systems offered by um, one of the software companies? That's an excellent question. And my move to more automated is coming um, because I've branched out a little bit. So at the moment, I'm using the VRBO's booking um, calendar, um, but I do feel the need to back that up with my own system and uh, it's just moving forward with um, how my business is going if you have one property one home i think the vrbo calendar or a google calendar uh, works if that's uh, if you're just dealing with one home uh yes but so, so that that's that's just something else so you're now managing more than one villa you're managing villas for other people uh, yes, actually. And that sort of came about with um, having the success with ours. And I was still getting many, many inquiries and I was turning people away. I'm like, sorry, I'm booked. Unlike a um, a product that you can sell a thousand or five thousand, I only have 52 weeks to sell. So once you're sold, you're sold. So I kept getting people asking me, oh, you have a house. You know, and I was just turning them away, saying, I'm sorry, it's booked. I'm sorry, it's booked. And so I capitalized on that opportunity by approaching a couple of people that I knew that had purchased properties and were having a little bit of trouble um, spending time to get their bookings in. And I said, you know, I, I'm refusing a lot. How can we make this work for everybody? So I put a business plan together for myself and I went out and I got small business here but I went out and I got two owners and I do their business management I pay their bills for them I I book do the actual bookings for the villas for them I deal with all of their guests um, anything that crops up with a guest when the guests there they contact me so I'm branching out into doing that and you know it's a really good thing for me and so that's why I'm going to try to build up that aspect as well oh that's excellent um on on that topic so what 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 happens with them um, property management do you do you work with a property management company in the Davenport area that come in and do the changeovers Yes, we do. So we do have a property management company that comes in. What they do for us is that time when the light bulb is burnt out and you need somebody there, then they're the people that I will contact and say, can you go and, and do this? Or We also have um, the cleaning crew that come in and do the cleanings on that, that weekly basis. So we are working with four people, um, but it's quite easy to manage. Um, I do all of the guest uh, liaison. Uh, we handle that here from, from afar. Okay, so, so all you really need to do is, is just to um, have somebody there to make sure the place is clean and the beds are changed and everything's um, spick and span for, the, for, for your guests to move into. And then somebody just to do on-the-spot management for breakdowns and things. Absolutely, yeah. Okay, well, that's, that sounds like you really have it all together. And I'm so delighted. I mean, we, we first started communicating, I think, oh gosh, it's probably two years ago now and at the time I think you, you'd probably just finished your first year 
So, so it's really, deli- I'm delighted that you've, uh, you've, you've come this far and, and it really is great to talk to somebody who has achieved so much success in sh- such a short time. And I'm just blown away about the, your occupancy and getting that occupancy so early. So, so that's, that's going to be really motivating to anybody who's thinking about buying in Florida, whether they're located in Canada or even in the UK, because I know there's a lot of people from UK who buy Florida properties too. So hopefully what you've talked to me about today is going to be really helpful for them as well. So do you have any more tips, something that you could say to somebody that's just a little bit on the fence at the moment about whether this is a good idea or not? I have a couple of closing sort of tips. I think the biggest one for me passing on my experience would be for the person to do some research for themselves, to know what realistic expectations would be of uh, renting a place and what those real costs are. So you want to make sure you include your insurance costs, your upgrade costs, those types of things that when you say you're going to pay your mortgage and your electric bill with your renters, that's great. But there are a few other things that you should consider before you, you make your final decision. And I would say talk to an accountant that's familiar with uh, owning property in the U.S. or in another um, country for that matter, because our accountant here was invaluable in getting us on the right track and knowing how to deal with the IRS, which you, you do have to file with the IRS and the international tax tree and things like that. A little bit more um, in-depth, but um, it, well worth their money to get the advice from an accountant. Oh, that's very useful. You know, when we bought over here, we, we didn't do that. And uh, it, <laughs> it, it it was just one of those, you know, we, we came over here on holiday and liked it so much. We thought we'd buy a property and three months later we had and didn't really consider a lot of the implications until afterwards. But for, fortunately, we, we were able to, to manage them fairly easily. But I think that's really, really good advice is is to get that research done properly before you part with money because uh, because once 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 it's gone, it uh, you can't just more difficult to change your mind and uh, and turn around and say, well, this isn't working. I'm going to sell it. So so your your advice, I think, excellent. And if I was buying down in um, Florida, I may even start thinking about it now. Then uh, <laughs> then I would I would certainly take your your advice on board. So um, we've we've just about come to the end of our time now, and I I think the uh, you know what we what we've talked about and what you've offered in the way of your experience has been fantastic. It's that there is so much um, in this conversation we've had. I think that's going to to help people. So I'll be writing some quite lengthy show notes to to go with this, and we'll pinpoint a lot of the things that Lisa has said. And I'm also going to put in links to Erica's site um, at the Flamingo Group and links to I'll put in a link to your your listing as well, Lisa, so people can take a look at your your property too. Oh, great. So I'd just like to thank you so much for um, giving me this time and sharing your experience. I think it's, uh, you know, you've, you've obviously had a great time doing this and, uh, and it's onwards and upwards for you. Thank you very much, Heather, for the opportunity to talk about it. And I think just in closing for me, if you the old saying, if you do something that you love, good things will come upon you. And I think I just sort of fell into this and I love the whole experience. So I think that uh, it's, it's the right place for me to be. 
Well, I think your passion clearly shows through, Lisa, and, <laughs> and I wish you every good fortune in the future. Thank you very much, Heather. I appreciate it. Thanks again. Well, I hope you enjoyed that interview. It was great talking to Lisa, and I certainly got a lot of learning points from uh, from the things she was saying. Um, one of the one of the ones that really came across to me was the idea of of using a personal shopper. It's one of those things I've I've always wanted to do, but uh, it's, certainly I've never had the need for it before. But if I look back and consider what I actually spent when I was flying out from UK to Ontario, and I did it a couple of times over the course of uh, of a couple of weekends to get uh, to get places set up for rental, and it just never crossed my mind that I could perhaps use a stager or get somebody to go out and and do what uh, what what Lisa did with her personal shopper, get them to to send photographs and uh, select. Uh, fabrics and furniture and furnishings um, for her. Well, I wish I'd done that. And I think uh, that, that that's definitely something that I would do if I ever did this again. The other thing that I learned from from talking to Lisa was, was about her marketing strategy. She doesn't put all her eggs in one basket. There isn't just the one listing on a major listing site and hoping for the best. She's exploring all sorts of different avenues to to bring as much interest in as uh, as possible. So using the uh, the Canadian site Kijiji uh, alongside her own word of mouth and uh, and possibly intranet uh, at work, because a lot of the people that she rents to are uh, are colleagues, other people in the in the teaching and education profession. So I hope you too. Uh, took something away from all that and I'd love to hear what what you thought about it I'd love to hear your success stories so if you have a success story that you'd like to share with me and uh, and do an interview just like the one I just did with Lisa please let me know just uh, email me you can uh, write a comment on on the blog or send me a voicemail I don't know if you've noticed but I've put a it's called SpeakPipe, and it's a little um, piece of software that adds a button just on the right hand. If you go to the cottageblogger.com website and look on the right hand side, you're going to see a little box that says voicemail. If you click on that, it just takes you to a page where you can, if you click on it and talk into your uh, computer microphone, it's probably better if you use something, if, if, if you either use a headset mic or you're using an iPhone, and leave me a voicemail message. I would love to hear some questions, your comments, anything that I can use in the in, in one of our upcoming broadcasts. So please do let me know what you're thinking about the, uh, the podcast so far. Comment on the blog or I, if you're really enjoying it, I would love you to go to uh, iTunes and write a review. That would be really, really great. So for now, thank you uh, for taking the time to spend a few uh, a few minutes with me. I know it's I'm a little bit more than a few minutes. We're 
run into about uh, 50 or so minutes on, on this particular episode. But I do really appreciate you letting me into your ears, as it were. This is such a great industry and it can only improve. It can only get better. The more people know about it, the more people come along and rent properties, the more they tell their friends, the greater the interest gets in our vacation rental business. So until next time, thank you very much for listening. And I'll look forward to seeing you and talking with you again soon. Bye.